Sunny, how was your summer? My summer, summer was good. Summer was hot. Yeah. Summer was fun because my daughter is finally, you know, two years old and able to respond to things and walk by herself and kind of interact a little more. Yeah. Compared to last summer where she was just a little baby that was cradled by everybody and even if she made a sound and turn out yeah and if she made a sound we would think it's cute or something like that whereas now like she's actually putting in words and putting in the work like i had her golfing this uh summer like getting it kind of under her belt and it's been a pretty good summer a little bit of traveling here and there yeah like a thousand weddings a lot of weddings definitely you count them how many yeah. weddings did you go to probably like every single one of your stories was just like you in a, a different suit five maybe four I think this, this it just one. it seems like a lot it seems it. like a lot because it's sometimes it's not even a wedding it's like somebody's getting engaged yeah and that could be like a one two day thing where you go kind of break the ice and you see them just before the reception or yeah. the engagement then the engagement day yeah so it seemed like a lot this year but I think next year is supposed to be crazier than this year yeah <laughs> it's all the backlogs from it's backlog like two yeah. years some places are two years you can't find a temple yeah that you want and you know how some people are like they get so like kind of stuck with that i i need that look i need that temple and they yeah. want it so bad and they're like no two years <laughs> how was your summer summer was pretty good uh i uh even though i went away on vacation of, for a few weeks and took some time off um uh, i really I like envy people who go away on summer and are able to kind of vacation because all I do is think about the work that I do 24 yeah. seven. Like I'm literally, even in the summer, I'm like, you think the sun is shining. I could go on vacation. But even when I went to Okotoks uh, in Alberta for a, a couple of weeks, I went uh, to go to my buddy's wedding. But even after that, I knew I wanted to stay longer because I wanted to kind of go back to the place where I started mental wealth. Yeah. So I, where, I, where I started all my work in mental health, wanted to recapture the feeling. I wanted to remember why I was doing this because um, the summer is kind of like, just like every other season. It's like, I'm in, I, I consider myself like uh, a professional athlete in a sense where like I am in this sport yeah. of working in mental health and I am holding myself to this very, very high standard not being a perfectionist no it's it's a little bit it's a little bit deeper than that it's about what i feel people deserve within our communities they deserve people working within mental health that are the leaders the facilitators the teachers the therapists the counselors the coaches the people deserve other leaders to be at the top of their game meaning they deserve for us to put forth an effort not just when we're doing the work but when we're not doing the work like not the nine to five but what are we doing five to nine so that's basically what i did i just i train every day it's like it makes sense to me yeah. people would ask like what are you doing i'm like and i give them like some kind of like regular default answer i'm like oh yeah summer is great the weather ha 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 no, man, I'm training every day. Like if I'm, I train my body, I journal, I read, I go out in nature. It's, it's, it's like I have fun, but I don't. Yeah. It's like I, I, I have fun to a certain point, but then I always come back. And it's some days it's mundane, 
Some days it's uh, depressing. Like I feel so alone uh, in the works that I do. Uh, you know, and just a refresher for people that are listening, you know, like, uh, like I've been doing this, working in mental health for like five years now, started with like this no profit organization where I was doing free mental health services for the community. So mental health empowerment groups for the youth to the elderly, men's groups, LGBTQ groups, anybody with a mind, I was trying to reach as many people as possible and offer them support and empowerment through uh, this group work. Now, this work starts even before that. This starts when I was in my 20s. This starts when I was in the psych ward. This starts even before that when I took my first uh, antidepressant. This starts when I was uh, affected by the gang culture within our communities. This starts even before that when my parents got divorced. This was in my DNA. My lineage has passed down wounds from our from our motherland you know uh, our parents um, have unintentionally passed down wounds to us and right now like it's for me it's like what what pushes me so much to you know be possessed by this it's like what else is there uh, for us to do than to help bring some peace back into the minds and the hearts of those who have lost hope yeah we have to do a bit of a course correction here with the culture and that's why that's why we're back to work with the podcast sunny yeah yeah no I mean, you're right like we just talked just before this podcast and kind of you know we're breaking down different things we want to do and how this podcast can play a part in such a bigger role of the things that we want to do and i think you're right like it's trying to get a message across to the two different, I'd say two to three different generations, right? We're looking at the boomers that are kind of like on their way out, they're retiring and all that. And, you know, they're having, they're going to be having a lot of issues when they retire because, you know, that work-life balance is going to be just now, you know, just life, living yeah. life. And what do you do after you left that career path? How do they adapt in a technology-driven world? Was exactly. acting to have it growing up. They're not yeah. suited for that. Yeah, right? exactly. And then we have that middle group kind of like, our age group, maybe a little bit older than us, maybe 10, 15 years who are, you know, deep in their careers now, they're set for a certain amount of time before they're going to even think about retiring. And, you know, they have their own different types of issues and troubles. And then we have the generation basically at us and maybe, you know, another 10 years, maybe below us, five years below us, another generation that's going through their difficulties with this huge transition of like, where do you want your career path to go? Technology is moving in and do you still want to continue state to of the world the, ec the economy is crushing them they can't Crush. afford home 100 percent. the economy is changing it's not like you know our parents where they would be able to afford so many different things with you know such lower prices and my dad could afford a, a, a home in abbotsford by working at a mill yeah okay he was a laborer working at a mill he did that one and from 19 so 1983 roughly i think he started working in the mill kind yeah. of worked there for like 20 years was able to afford a home yeah, car was yeah. able to uh, have enough money aside. Put my brother and me in Taekwondo. You know, give extra money to my mom for groceries. Yeah, you know, so it's like now you work in a mill, you can't, you, you can, you can barely pay your skip order. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, no, it's gotten crazy. So there's that generation, and then we have you know the young generation. I think the youngest one that'd be anybody that's basically newborn to that. You know, whatever that kind of age gap, gap yeah. group is and that's going to be kind of a really 
I think that's going to be one of the most important age groups for us to talk to because they are going to shape the future when we're long gone. And yeah. some of these messages, you know, how we're talking, they take a long time to be adapted, you know, like to become yeah. a social movement, a social change sometimes. So it's, you know, us trying to just put the effort within all these groups and in making sure that these future groups can pick up off these things and be able to find and access these things a lot easier than, you know, right now it is for a lot of people to be able to access something that will help them with their mental wealth and health. Yeah, when you take a look, uh, so whether it's mainstream or underground, mainstream being what everybody hears uh, in the past, uh, however many years from the Bell campaigns, from the government, from other people that are in uh, nonprofit organizations, they always post what is the biggest issue. They're always asked this question, what's the biggest issue with mental health? And always in the top, if not the top answer, it's the accessibility. It's people being able to, unable to access those yeah. services, right? So uh, a lot has changed uh, since mental health became a conversation uh, amongst many different circles, right? Before it became popularized to even discuss. And accessibility is something that we will bring forth, not only through the podcasting, but through these mental health groups and all the other um, uh, uh, initiatives we have planned. And one of the ways I think that we can use this podcast to empower people is not only to share our stories, because I've shared my experience and my past with everybody, but it's also, like you said, it's the, the younger generation. I love the little homies. I put so much care and attention into the younger generation because I'm like, you guys know, like we're the middle, like how you were describing the generations, like you have the older generation, they're kind of stuck in their ways, right? Yeah. More or less, like it's going to be hard to move them yeah. um, uh, out of their own habits and their and, and their own uh, their lifestyle that they've become so accustomed to, right? They're kind of auto, almost an autopilot. Yeah. Then you have the younger generation, bright-eyed, full of hope, optimism, despair, depressed, anxious, lonely, mm -hmm. isolated, don't know what to do with their lives, don't know how to better their mental and emotional well-being, physical well-being, don't really have a sense of connection to community themselves, uh, addicted to drugs, ad addicted to pornography, addicted to misery, but they're unaware that they're addicted to the misery. Like it's, 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 but there's also those optimistic, bright-eyed, um, uh, kind-hearted youth that are wanting to do good. Those are the people I want to speak to as well. I want to have a huge uh, conversation with them about what they can do. And then, you know, you have that, them, you have the people ahead of us generation-wise, and then you got us right in the middle. What's our job, Sonny? Being right in the middle. Like, I'm not too stuck in my ways. I'll change up right now. If something, a better idea comes along that, you know, uh, helps me better this movement, the mental health movement, that's not really my movement. It's a cultural thing that everybody's pushing towards right now to bring yeah. some kind of a peace and calm towards our, 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 our communities so that people can start to uh, deal with not just what happened with COVID, but something that's happened with them their entire lives, like the these emotional wounds that they're unaware of, these traumas with their families that they're unaware of. Yeah. So what 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 is it that we do? Well, we are the mediators. We're right in the middle. And I think that's our goal and that's and that's a good job to have for us, you know, moving forward is that we can help to mediate between both parties. Yeah. You know, I'm not against the older generation. I've learned a lot from the older generation, right? Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot of what to do, but I've also learned a lot of what not to do. Yeah. And from the youth, I'm inspired by their optimism, but a lot of them don't really have that world experience to be able to 
be dictating or demanding what changes should be done in the world. Yeah. It's like, guys, it's going to take some effort. And there's a different way than talking about it. We can actually get to work and do it because I've done it and I've yeah. seen it. And I've seen other people do it. They actually implement change. First, they become the change themselves. And then they look towards their communities and they say, what is out there that I can promote? Rather than voice my opinion and get angry and disgruntled, what can I say instead of saying this needs to be fixed? Well, there are many different organizations, nonprofits, volunteer groups, even corporations, some that are, you know, not uh, overly corrupt, that are actually doing good for the community and offering services, mental health services at low cost or affordable mental health services. And you can get involved with them, you can promote their services, or guess what? You can start your own thing. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now, right? Yeah, no, you're 100% right. And I think just kind of before this podcast, I was thinking about, you know, like one of the biggest things that I've thought about definitely having like Sarah as a kid is looking at the like what their future is going to look like. Yeah. And who are going to be the key role players that they're going to look up to to be able to, you know, how we're talking about accessibility, like where are they going to be able to access all this stuff? And just kind of looking, you know, as a parent to, you know, what kind of programs are there for kids? You know, you can obviously find sports programs, you can find schooling programs, you can find like higher education programs and all that, but there's nothing related to anything to do with mental health, anything related to, okay, how do you understand your feelings? How do you understand this and that? And I think where I've seen the most, where it's kind of like, it's, it's a tough place too is social media yeah so it's a place where you know we want to give access to our children that you know it's something that just now we're almost all becoming these kind of androids that just use these different devices unconsciously so i think that's an area where i think a lot of importance is being seen and that's kind of what we're working on too right now with uh mental uh health and mental wealth is just to be able to showcase on social media the things we talk about so I think just to like our listeners and everybody else that, you know, if you do get a chance and you miss something or you want to follow up and maybe hear kind of the key points that we're trying to discuss in these is to go to our social media. Yeah. I think that's something we should be pushing a lot more these days Yeah, is to show where the good social media stuff is. Yeah. That, you know, like these are things that our children are going to be watching just because yeah. they experience it all the time. Yeah. That I think even people like us, older people, younger people, doesn't yeah. really matter that there is a place that they can go to and yeah. be able to see these things and still understand concepts that yeah. get because easier. It's like uh, we're wired uh, to be drawn towards things that are miserable. Yeah, Like we're just wired that way. Humans are wired towards things that are dramatic, gossip. Like, you know, rather than, oh, hey, this person helped an old lady cross the street. It's like you don't have everybody gossiping about that. You know, people are like, oh, that's cute. But when it comes to, oh my God, did you see that lady finger that other lady when she was driving? And uh, now that's a story that people carry on because they feel like it's a story that other people want to hear because yeah. they're just so interested by it. You know what? That's another thing too. It's like when you talk about the good, about spreading the good, it's like there are these movements, you know, like um, uh, on social media that you'll see like the good news movements the where they're just posting good news all the time. Um, and I actually was, uh, you know, that was part thing, something that I wanted to bring forth too when I was working in mental health when I first started. Uh, but then I found myself quickly, like almost in the trenches, working with the people, like very closely, um, as opposed to launching this idea, which was to uh, start to gather good news and start to broadcast that. But then I've always seen other organizations do it. And you know what? I, I just think like you can always throw the good out there and say, hey, there's good. 
But I think uh, I want to empower uh, and inspire people just to continue to do that. But I think our, our path is going to be a little bit different where we are going to be working knee deep in this culture and continue to do so. Like not only with the, the group work, but the one-on-ones, the group work, um, growing this podcast, but also um, with ourselves. Yeah. So that's where we're at today. And, you know, I may, I, I think about this too and I'm like, I wonder how uh, Sunny feels when I'm like, you have to do it this way, Sunny. No, like I, I, we're not going to work together if you don't train with me, if you don't come to yoga, if you don't, uh, or if, if you are in journaling, if you're not even about the cold plunging, I don't, it's not really what you're doing. If you're not taking, uh, an, uh, an active interest in bettering yourself, then we can't do this together. Yeah. And I wonder, I'm like, sometimes maybe I come across harsh, but it's not really. And then, you know, saying it out loud, I feel a little bit better, but cause I can understand it a little bit more is that I am. Uh, I understand what it takes to do this. And it's not a job to me. It's like, uh, this is something, like I said, I am possessed by in a, in a sometimes healthy way and a not sometimes not so healthy way. I don't have any kids. Yeah. Right. I can't even, I don't even think about children, having my own children. Like I'm so like, sometimes I wish I could just, uh, think about having that kind of a life and go and get kids. But I am somebody like I've, not only how when I do this work, I I try to look to the future, you know, not with despair or too much optimism. I kind of just I try to develop a little bit of foresight to see if something isn't done collectively on a larger scale to bring back peace within our communities. And I'm talking about our mental health. Then what kind of life is it going to be for any children that I bring into this world? And so I'm just going to bring in children and be like, hey, guys fucking sorry <laughs> sorry i can't i i know from the mental and emotional hell that i was in for so long i know this is the purpose i know this is the reason and i've made my almost my peace with that and moving forward now with this podcast it's it's not just an all hands on deck but it's also like a I will pledge myself to this work, meaning if I'm talking about it, I'm doing it. Yeah. If I am wrong, I will tell you that I was wrong. If I am proven wrong, I will humbly say I am wrong and I will go back to the drawing board. I am not in this to be right. I'm not in this to politic. I'm not in this for followers. I'm not in this for uh, fame. I'm not in this for fortune. I'm in this for this purpose, this calling that pulls at me that pulled me out of the darkness to kind of bring it to fruition so I can find peace because um, I'm not at peace if those around me aren't at peace, you know? Yeah. And that's and that's just me. I'm not going to change my ways. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, some people would, you know, uh, a therapist would be like, well, you're a chronic, pro- a, you're a chronic People pleaser. Yeah. I'm like, you're fucking damn right. I'm a chronic people yeah. pleaser. I'll continue to be a people pleaser. And one of the things about people pleasers is they emotionally monitor the people around them so that if their emotions are off, they know that they got to make them feel good so that they can feel good. Yeah. You know, I've been doing that shit since I was young, yeah. you know, emotionally monitoring my mom, taking care of my mom, my family, my brothers, my sisters, doing that with my friends, my family. That's how I started being a coach because I really genuinely was so involved with other people's emotions and how they felt that I wanted to do whatever I could to help elevate them, to make them happy. Yeah. Of course, I'm where I'm at today. 
and I'm not going to change my ways. Yeah. And I'm going to take this curse and gift, uh, which some days it can feel like a curse, always constantly taking a look at the state of the world, your community, your friends, your family, and seeing, you know, if there's if they're unhappy, what can I do to uplift them? You know, sometimes it's a curse, but sometimes it's my gift. It's brought me some of the greatest joys in my life, the greatest, deepest connections I've had to this day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will, uh, that's kind of what drives this work. Um, so a little bit about me as to why I do this and why I will continue to do this. Um, I'll just do this because, Sunny, honestly, it's like, okay, out of out of all the friends that you have, family members that you have, if everybody can't, if you can't do what you can to empower them to find uh, a deep sense of calm and peace, um, then 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 do you do you just want all that calm and peace for yourself, right? Do you just want to be like I'm good, fuck off, not fuck off everybody, but just kind of like they're on their own, yeah. They can, you know, this is this is God's plan, or this the universe has a way of like figuring it out for them, and they have to walk their own path. Sure, that's cool. Yeah. But right now, it's like fucking red alert for mental health everywhere. Yeah. It's like th- this is a collaborative effort. This is communities coming together. This is people coming together to support and empower each other. This is where everybody become a people pleaser, man. Yeah. Everybody emotionally monitor the close ones around you and the loved ones around you to help raise the morale. Yeah. Right, we 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 collectively can raise them around. That's why I'm not I'm just re-energized and inspired. I'm relieved to be doing this with you to be able to articulate this at a level sometimes where it's just like this guy is fucking possessed by a mental health demon. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, Sonny, I am. Yeah. Right. So uh, I'm just relieved because this is there's no more no more dilly dallying. Yeah. When it comes to this. Yeah, no, you're right. The people pleasing is a big thing because it can be a gift and a curse because it can be a gift knowing the emotions that are around you and how to deal with each person and where they're at and kind of have an understanding of the way they're approaching you because sometimes we'll take a negative thing coming towards us and right away react. Yeah. And we got to sometimes, I think we had that where we talked about react. uh, Respond rather than react. Yeah, you respond rather than react. So it can be a gift where you can figure those things out and... uh, just you know uh, going back to having a kid like i see you know my wife and like uh, a lot of women send me uh different kinds of like memes or just like different social media posts talking about how kids shouldn't be people pleasers just because it, there is that negative side of people always trying to please somebody and that's the only way to get something but i think they're not looking at it they're not looking at the gift of it yeah they're not looking at the gift of it and i think sometimes people get stuck with the people pleasing yeah. side and they're versing each other they have yeah. oh it's a gift or it's a curse and they're not thinking that it can actually be both My, like when i was when i at one point just before covid when i had launched 40 different mental health initiatives that were free for the community there were and in a month there were 40 different free events that you could go to and at different locations within the community uh, that was the, the source of that comes from people pleasing. Yeah. I'd organize festivals, open mics, because I was a people pleaser. Like, you're telling me if not to be a people pleaser, yeah. then who's going to fucking put this shit together, man? 100%. Who's going to be the clue? 100%. But yeah. then you would otherwise just do things for yourself or just maybe the people around you, but you got to think outside the box. And outside. the people that are sitting outside the box, those are the ones that need the yeah. most help. Because... Uh, and you never know, like another thing uh, through that is that you never know what somebody's going through. And 
by being a person that knows and understands what people pleasing is, you can you can have that gift of understanding what they're going through, whereas people around them might not. And that hit me hard uh, yesterday. I took Sarah to Grant Park and yeah. I saw like a new tree there and it still had, uh, like it was a really big tree that I think the city was just about to plant and it had like a big green bag around it. So it yeah. wasn't in the ground yet. And I look at Sarah, I'm like, okay, that's a perfect little target for us to run to. Yeah. So I'm getting her more into like starting to get her cardio. I'm just running rather than walking and getting tired. A wild one. Yeah. Definitely a wild one. So we started running that way. We raced to it. We stop. We kind of look at uh, the tree and I'm like, okay, this, this is a brand new tree. Like they're about to plant this. And I look on the ground, there's a plaque. Yeah. And it said Prab G Desange yeah. or Ro Raj something Desange on it. And it's our year, like 87 yeah. to 2020. And I just kind of looked at it and I like sat there for a second. I'm like, this is like just a person, right? Like they, we don't know what they went through or how it is, but like knowing that it's my age, exactly my age, yeah. somebody that's, you know, 35 years old. And seeing that just like gave me like another kind of perception of like, like what are people around me going through, right? Like people that are, I'm not thinking about, like they're, they could pass away at any point or any time. And it could be any cause, Yeah. but why isn't it that when I'm around people, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a people pleaser myself. So whenever I'm around people, like I try to socialize with everybody and I kind of can see where everybody's levels at. And if you're already at a high level, you're having a good time. I might not put all my energy towards you right away. And it's those people that have some that. Some people say people pleaser. Some people say spectacular host. Yeah. So I'm looking for that person that is kind of down and trying to bring their level yeah. to everybody else because they could be having some kind of issue or they're maybe just not getting along or they had a bad day. And I think just by looking and seeing that plaque, it just reminded me of that again, yeah. of why I'm a kind of a people pleaser. Cause you just never know what somebody is going through and it could be maybe their last moment. We never know that, right? Like yeah. that's somebody my age that's already gone. Yeah. So it could be somebody younger or older. It's yeah. always good to just find out where everybody's at that's around you and that you can maybe make a difference. Cause in the end, people pleasing is like, it feels good to yourself after how you kind of said it. Like you might help somebody else, but it might make you also feel just as good it, as they do. It's it's at, a, at the root level, you people please so that you can feel safe. Yeah. So you can feel secure, right? Yeah. You want to make, cause you don't want their boats. You don't want them to be emotionally um, topsy-turvy uh, because then that means that they're unstable and you can't predict what's going to happen. So yeah. you want to be able to almost control what's good in the environment because sometimes you've been in shitty environments yeah. and I've been in fucking life-threatening environments. I can't even fucking tell you the stories, man. I've been in so many different environments where my life was on the line. I've been in like fucking dramatic household situations where it feels like I was dying on the inside with family um, situations going on. And it's just like, you know what? You don't want to feel that way. So you'll do anything you can to make sure that your environment feels good. But then at the, even even thinking about it now, as we're talking about it out loud, because honestly, like this is great. Because when we do these podcasts, sometimes it's just therapy for me because I don't yeah. really tell people this, yeah. right? But that like, <laughs> picture's a nice guy. I'm like, but yeah, but like the root of it is like, you don't understand. Like I am a people pleaser. Like I am doing this because like maybe in my life, I've been around so many different people that didn't feel good. And I was always trying to raise the morale so I could feel good. Yeah. You know, but it is, you, a zebra can't change stripes, right? And I think it's not about, you know, for all the other people pleasers out there, I think for like you mentioned earlier about going, coming into a situation where you can be around somebody who's maybe not feeling emotionally well and not react to that 
but respond to that kind of almost kind of like it, there is an emotional maturity that comes along with being able to react to that where you just or sorry respond to that and you deal with the entire situation differently where it doesn't it doesn't bring you down along with yeah. it so it is uh very emotionally detrimental uh if you are doing this unconsciously not knowing that there is a better way to be a people pleaser and it doesn't it's it's like emotional uh martial arts yeah you, you just got to be able to you got to be able to like you got to be able to f have empathy feel their pain but not be affected whether they feel better or worse yeah and that's took me a very long time to get to that stage uh, uh you know sometimes i like like i'll slip i'm not like i would say 80 percent of the time that's me 80 yeah. percent of the time i am able to not keep the distance but keep my peace even if they're gonna remain in emotional hell yeah but I'll, nevertheless, I'm still going to do what I can, but I won't let it disrupt my peace. But there's yeah. that 20% of the time, I just can't help it, man. Yeah. That's my humanity kicks in or just my old conditioning kicks in or just my little my little energy kicks in, yeah. right? And he's just like, fucking just do whatever you possibly can. I feel their hurt. I feel it on a cellular level. I feel your pain, your misery, your stress, your anxiety. I feel it. I literally feel it in my body. That like My body yeah. is having a physiological response to your emotion that you're feeling some people you can even look in their eyes and you feel it right away like yeah. that's how deep this is man yeah. like you don't have to say a word i can tell by body language i can tell by the look in their eyes how they how they're moving in their environment and then i start to feel it with them and and um the gift and the curse because yeah. i've learned now with the work that i do that that's why when i do connect with somebody that the one of the things that they say is that i seem down to earth with them it's like because i i've literally when you're when i'm connecting with you i'm down right there in the darkness with you yeah yeah and you're right like people look at it you know sometimes in a bad way or a good way but what i see as a people pleaser is just you know somebody that can tell all the emotional imbalances around them and I think a lot of people it's that a, it's awareness too, right? It's an awareness. It's and I think a lot of people honestly don't have that though, because I'm in a lot of situations or just at places where if I do detect something, I usually try to look around to see if anybody else has also detected it. Yeah. Right. So you can kind of group work that yeah. and trying to both kind of help or as many people as you have to kind of change the situation or wherever it's at. And you see how many people don't have that kind of like emotional awareness or just kind of how you're saying that is that 80, 20. Like a lot of people are like, you know, 80, the opposite, opposite yeah, they're like So they're 80% of the time, they're just living life, kind of doing their thing. It's all about them. And maybe the closest person to them, they they got their emotional awareness, their significant other. You're kind of always looking at that, but you're not looking at all those people around that. Yeah. Or where that 80, 20 on the opposite end. We're looking at everybody else first. And there's that 20% that sometimes you could just be having that bad day. You're the person that has that uh, imbalance of emotions yeah. and you might need somebody to just come talk to you that day and say a word and that just, you know, lifts us up. Yeah. So I think that 80-20 for us is a very big thing because when I'm looking around at some of these places, I, don't, I see the opposite 80-20 and it's just because a lot of people aren't in tune with their own emotions yeah. that they don't know how to balance and join and, in with. And let's let's talk about men, okay? So being a, a man, you know, growing up, trying to become a man, like I don't think a lot in... in, in in, in mainstream culture the conversation about men is uh there's a difference between uh uh i think people misunder misinterpret what soft means yeah 
a very strong man can be very soft as well. They can be very nurturing. Uh, uh, a man, in my opinion, and a lot of people would agree, um, is that they're very nurturing to those people around them. Yeah. That's a masculine energy, the masculine presence, the calming um, energy where people around you know that you genuinely care for them. You can nurture them, you know, with your attention. Yeah. That's what you're nurturing them with. Yeah. First and foremost is your attention. You're paying them attention. Like they know your mind isn't on a thought. It's not elsewhere. You're not distracted with the TV, your phone. Your mind is nurturing them first and foremost with attention, right? So that is something that I think a lot of men can aspire to cultivate and develop within them is that ability to, again, now nurture those around them and yeah. show them love without even saying a word, but just by showing up and giving them the attention. You know when people give you attention. Yeah. When somebody gives you attention, you know they're not on their phone. You know when you're talking to them, they're not just waiting for you to stop talking so that they can respond. You know that they're actively doing an effort to hear you, not just with uh, their ears, but with their body language, how their body is communicating with you, how they're like facing you, how their arms are open, they're listening and uh, attentive, just wanting to really understand what you're saying and what your what it is it that's on your mind and in your heart so nurturing uh and and being soft there are times to do that and it's uh not i think in the past couple of years where i've been really working at that like i've always i think i've always had a very soft side as well like i've always been like uh like i just i just I'm a very easy, like if, if I were to chalk it up i'd rather live easy going i don't want to hold on to any anger grudges you know I have this drive inside of me. You could tell we worked out today, nah. but I, that's not like a, it's not like a ego thing. It's just yeah. like, I have this inside of me. It's just this ability to want to be, uh, strengthen my body and my mind and be a warrior. Like I want to tune into that warrior inside of me. But I also am like, there's a lover too, right? Um, that uh, if anybody is listening, if you want to learn more about that, you can look up uh, the, the different archetypes uh, for a man. Uh, uh, that Carl Jung um, started uh, preaching back in uh, a, little, a little while back about how every man has four different archetypes within them, kind of like four different programs that they run from, right? They have a, a magician, they have a warrior, and they have a king and a lover, right? And each one of those um, serves a different purpose for the man and kind of like uh, it's a default template of like um, for them to kind of operate on. And some some guys... Um, that I believe they're just kind of maybe stuck in one or the other. They're not really fully accessing all the parts of them psychologically. Like they're not accessing that person in them that has the capacity to be a lover, to love their environment, to nurture those around them. Or maybe they're just stuck in warrior mode and they're just fucking banging their chest and they're just gorillas and just hitting the concrete. of this. It's all about war and it's just all about fight, fight, fight. Maybe it's just these magicians out there, the ones who are creating, who are just out there for the sake of building, you know, out there for the sake of gaining followers or building more property or building another business. And that's really what drives them. But they're forgetting the love part and their inner warrior. And then there's that king piece. And everybody else can kind of do their own research because I, I, I would rather you just read the book. Yeah. Um, the king, magician, warrior, and lover um, yourself. But... For me, I think uh, every man aspires to be uh, embodied that inner king inside of them, right? 
And that does take incorporating all those other aspects of you so that you can be uh, a man and to those around you and you can give blessings. And what is blessings? Blessings is empowerment. You encourage everybody around you. Like, I'm going to encourage you. I've been doing that since I was little. I always want to encourage people, yeah. right? A king doesn't mean like fucking praise me. No, a king praises you, right? A king doesn't fucking like, give me all your riches. A king's like, how can I make you rich with me? Yeah. A king's not like, oh yeah, man, fucking check out what I'm dressed in today. Check out my swag. Check out fucking check the fit. Check the fucking, oh my God, dude. A king isn't using his charisma to gain influence over others. A king is using his charisma to be able to empower others right and that's where we want to be too yeah. just like on a side on a side note just as men that's yeah. that's what i think you know and this all started from talking about being able to nurture but i think being a fully developed man psychologically you can age you can be fucking 50 60 year old man but you could be uh psychologically underdeveloped meaning that you have the emotional maturity of a 15 year old yeah Right? But to really mature yourself psychologically as a man, you must be able to reach into all those different uh, four quadrants of yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know, you have an artist in you, you have somebody you need, you need to nurture your hobbies, you need to have fun, you need to, you need to find a new hobby if you're not interested in anything else. You need to be able to love those around you, love, have a deep connection with nature, your yeah. community, somebody other than yourself. You need to be able to want to have some kind of an ambition, right? There has to be some kind of a mission inside yeah. of you. It doesn't have to be a fucking on a grand scale. Yeah. You don't have to fucking try to do what I was just showing you before we started this podcast yeah. about what we're doing with mental wealth. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Yeah. You could literally just open up a lemonade stand, right? You can make the fucking you can make the best fucking lemonade on the planet. That's your mission. That's your mission. Maybe your mission is volunteering. And you're going to dedicate X amount of time and volunteer, but it's a mission nonetheless. It's something that fucking drives you and pulls you out of bed that you know that you're going to do the next day. It's the reason why you're awake, right? Yeah. And then you can fucking, then you can be a king. Yeah. And if you want to call yourself a king, that's why all the time when I hear this online, the guys call each other, hello, what up, king? I'm like, yeah, man, don't, don't underuse that word. Because yeah. like, I think it goes to people's heads. You know, they start to play cartoons. They yeah. start to become characters. Yeah. They start to develop they start to develop personas that aren't actually who they really are. Yeah. You know, the, we talk about the mask. Then they put on a mask. I'm, I'm this person. I'm that person. I'm this person. And you know, at the end of it, if you if you take it all away, personally, Sunny, I think I think my favorite people are the people who are, who 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 are who have sometimes they wear the mask, but it's it's through through the conditioning of life and how life made them. But they make an honest effort to remove it as much as possible. So yeah. that. Their, their true self can be shown. It's definitely how they come up in life because I think in the past, it was a lot harder to know what a man is supposed to be. It was, we'd watch, you know, WWE wrestling. <laughs> you see Brett the Hitman hard. Well, he's are, always are, hard. He's always hard. So we look, yeah. okay, that's what a man should be. He should, even if he gets his ass kicked, he's going to come back and kick ass the next day. There's no softness. There's no crying, none of that. Yeah. And I think that finally got the shifts where social media, I think, played a really big role and seeing what some of these guys' lives are outside of uh, their entertainment life and being able to see they can be soft. They have families. They have children. Look at how they are around kids. They're wide. Like, good people to kind of, like, use an examples are, like, a Conor McGregor. Yeah. A person where, like, that's a man's man. If we look at just at the UFC style, him fighting, him having his losses, 
him coming back from those losses yeah. and showing that it can be achieved again. But then when you look at his social media, you'll see how he's with his wife, how he's with his kids, how mm-hmm. much he cares about them. And he has his ambition. He has his lover's side. He has this uh, strive to be a king. Yeah. And he has a strive of already the a warrior. warrior. Yeah. So it shows now we, ha- we can actually look at some of these people that, you know, we think are men and see those different qualities where in the past it was way harder to see that because not only are you seeing these entertainers, but at home, like a lot of dads, you know, a lot of men in your life were telling you cousins are like, yo, you got to be hard. Don't cry. Don't be a bitch. Yeah. All these kind of things. But we got to understand that that soft meaning is a pretty broad word. I think it's, you know, we think soft is somebody that's crying or in their feelings all the time. But I think soft is actually a lot uh, broader. There's so many different things that can be, you can be soft for, you know, having kids and politeness and all these little things that you can do in life. Yeah. So I think now things have changed where people can actually look at somebody that they think is like that's yeah. a man and see what it takes to be yeah. that man through their life and their choices you know our default setting should be soft we yeah. should be 90 percent soft like you're not in a fucking war zone yeah like it work if you're in canada like take it easy like we're not we don't have, always have to be in this kind of state of as men like wanting to f- like actively look for a problem actively yeah. think there is a problem like we were conditioned like you said the culture the from yeah. wwe the wrestling uh what we saw in the what we heard in the in, in hip-hop right yeah. we grew up yeah. huge on hip-hop yeah. right like how how uh it was you know uh <laughs> very derogatory toward women it was yeah. Yeah. fucking it was huge it was just yeah. like fuck bitches fuck hoes it's just like the, i just want money i want bitches i want weed i want fucking i'm like holy fuck i didn't realize that when i was listening yeah. to it it's kind of like this shit's redundant and, but it's also it's like it programs you yeah. to think that this is who i should be as a man otherwise uh like uh i'm not gonna feel fulfilled so um thinking about all that it's like it's even for even for uh the younger generation uh just so they know too like they it's never too late to kind of uh kick some kick some game to the young homies right it's like 90 percent of the time we're soft yeah but 10 percent when we need to be on we're fucking on we're right. spartan yeah we'll be spartan but you know if you're spartan 24 7 like you're gonna deplete your energy, man. Yeah. And it's and it's not sustainable. I thought. Right. And 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 if you are ninety percent trying to be hard all the time, you're not gonna be a Spartan. No. You're you're gonna be like a little a weak little soldier. You want to be a Spartan. You want to tap into Spartan energy. Spartans fucking they're they're training, but they're soft. Yeah. When they uh, for the vast majority of the time, when we train, we train. Like yeah. when we were in the gym earlier, fucking training. Like no talking. Just follow me. You yeah. just monkey see, monkey do. We're moving as a unit. You're probably bumping hip hop in your headphones. I had my hip hop, like some fucking gangster shit, some fucking like flip the table upside down shit. You know? Okay, fine. We tune into that fucking warrior energy. We're in the gym. We're tuning into that. And that got fed. Okay? I don't need to take that with me. Yeah. I don't need to take that energy out into the fucking library. Yeah. Or if I fucking go to the grocery store, you know, I need to fucking break that softness into the world. Yeah. So it's 90% of the time you want to function like a man. And have capacity to your imagination, your motivation, your desire to do good, be good, uh, elevate your life, you know, be soft. Yeah. Energetically speaking, you're going to have a lot more energy that way. Yeah. Because if you try to be a persona, if you try to be like, if you try to be a man um, off of what you see on TV or your famous influencers, you're going to be a gimmick. Yeah. You're, you're following a gimmick. Yeah. You're following an entertainer. You're following... Somebody else who is somebody who, unbeknownst to you, is selling you on their 
personality, yeah. on who they are as a yeah. person. They're selling the image. You're buying the image. And now that you purchase that image with your mind, your attention, your focus, you will then start to become and mimic behaviors just like that image. Yeah. Beha thought patterns just like the image is telling you to do. Don't nobody want to be a fucking drone, man. Yeah. I don't want to be a fucking drone. You want to be a drone, Sonny? You want to be a fucking... No. You want to be a mini-me of somebody else? No. Like, this is... And, and, and idolizing this man, that man, this person. You don't want to idolize. You want to respect. Yeah. You want to admire. You don't want to idolize. When you idolize, it's like... That's when you start to see... Uh, I think the difference would be is like... Let's say I idolize a man... Uh, then it doesn't matter what they do or say, I'm going to just fucking blindly follow this person. Yeah. Like Andrew Tate, like he says some good shit sometimes, but fucking sometimes he says the complete opposite. Yeah. Almost like fucking, he's at nil. Yeah. It's just like, it's like he says some fucking really inspiring shit, then he says some really fucking dumb shit. It's like, well, yeah. you could be up here, but you're actually just fucking, you're yeah. a negative. You're just like, you're not even negative. You're at zero. Yeah. You're not doing anything. Yeah. Right, I'm stuck there at that point. It's like stuck at the yeah. at that middle ground. Some really good shit, some really stupid shit. Yeah. Right? If you want to be the so that being said, but if I were to idolize that person, it doesn't matter what he says. It's the fucking gospel. Yeah. It's the truth. Right? Just take it easy. Like you yeah. just take everybody with a grain of salt. You have to discern between what is worth listening to and what is the actual your truth. And and so you have some kind of a filter between you and what you're taking in. So a lot of guys, young guys, they don't have this filter. Nothing that's filtering in what they're hearing, what they're seeing, what they're listening to in terms of music. And whatever's coming in is like programming them yeah. on how they're going to grow to become a man. So it is, I've been affected by it growing up, you know, within the gang culture. Like you just, we all you do is you listen to hard hip-hop like yeah. when we're listening to gangster rap we're not listening to like wasn't kicking the door waving the 4-4 yeah you know like we're listening to stuff about robbing killing uh selling drugs fuck these bitches fuck these hoes we're we're listening and and we're, we're watching movies where it's just like fucking the fucking scarface scarface yeah. is just like that you, you gotta fucking be the fucking king yeah. you gotta be king shit you gotta take over the world this world is yours sonny yeah. the world is yours what the fuck it's ours yeah but everybody's can uh matter can it's yours tunnel visit just Programmed. you it's just you it's just you it's just you by yourself in this fucking world and it's all yours shut the fuck yeah. up how selfish and self-absorbed is that to think that and carry that energy on into adulthood yeah and you have grown men who are who have this tunnel vision and they like they are doing what they're doing because they're just trying to conquer a personal goal or an ambition yeah it's like that's cool go to the olympics but don't bring that kind of shit into uh you know this world and the worst about that is those people passing on that knowledge so if you're already programmed one way you're going to program whatever youth you see in the future, the same way that you went down, kind of, it's just what you become. You know, if you have one type of personality and it's the only way you're going to go, that's all you can really tell somebody else if they're asking you questions about, hey, you know, like, where should my personality go? Whereas if you're open and you understand the full concepts of kind of life and what to do and what, like what you can actually help somebody in the youth with, that's such a better look. And I've, 
I've just seen that with a lot of the youth nowadays. You know, they'll ask questions, right? Like if they can come up to a person and they know those, those are geez, man. I love those yeah. types of and like those. Especially kids. at the gym, I got a, a lot of love for my little homies at the gym. Yeah, and I actually just uh, was at an engagement recently and hadn't seen this uh, one of my friend's kids. He was, I think, around maybe eight or something the last time I'd seen him, and yeah. now he's sixteen. So he's, you know, like in height and yeah. age and everything. He's like so different. He's got a little mustache. I'm like, holy shit, so hard to recognize you because you were a little kid. Yeah. And we were just having a conversation. And, you know, I get from the people that are around us, they're talking about, you know, like some of the things that you don't want to be kind of presenting to a 16-year-old that, you know, what you might be doing, we're doing or whatnot, how it is. Then I would just kind of break this kid out of that group. And then just I heard one or two things like, you know, golf and something about schooling. And right away, I'm like, okay, there's something I can, you know, approach this kid with. Give him some, pass him some knowledge down. Yeah. So we probably talk for 45 minutes straight. And my wife had to come a few times. She's like, like what are you guys doing? Like, you're doing man. Like, why are you guys just standing here? thinking, hey, yeah. like, this is, uh, try holding, you know, a 15, 16-year-old's attention span right now. Yeah. This guy's willing to, he's give obviously, to give it he's to giving me his full attention, yeah. listening to everything, and he's not reacting to it. He's actually yeah. responding to what I'm saying. If I saw a reaction, I could break this conversation up and let him just enjoy his time. But he's responding in a way that he wants to hear more. Yeah. So, like, I got to see it with the youth of, like, there is these kids all kids that yeah. need this kind of these kind of responses the, that really open up that help what they want the healthy male role model somebody that they can feel open enough to talk to right yeah. so, and if they and i have some young homies that are near and dear to my heart that i mentor for free and they always stay in contact with me and they're i'm very much deeply invested in their futures because i know for some of them it's been a really shitty life and but i don't ever ever look at that and judge them from what what's going on, what, what they've done. Right. And I just take a look at what they could be and I just keep loving them that way. And and it's and when they give me the intention, like you said, it's like it's hard not to give it back. Yeah. Because I think there's like a there's a that special bond between, you know, as a as a young kid, I always remember wanting to kick it with the older guys. Yeah. I always was that fan. And I, and I was always that young kid. Like I had so many older friends. You know, that's uh was something where I just gravitated towards them. I always wanted to be bigger. Yeah. When I was little, I just always wanted to be bigger. I always wanted to be taller. I wanted to be bigger. I wanted to hang around with them because it was just like, okay, I thought that was the only way. It was yeah. just, it was very captivating, right? And so, and if you and if you ever get a, and, I, and, and if I ever have somebody like me when I was little come up to me, like you said, like you, you have an opportunity to kind of uh, kick some game to them in, 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 in a way that is going to positively influence their life then by all means, you stop everything you're doing and do it because I think that's probably one of the, when I, when I, so when I was doing the work uh, in Okotoks, when I had like the 40 events and I was doing like these public speaking events and things were just going crazy. I was overworked seven days a week. I burnt out, had to go to the hospital. Um, and then I moved back to BC to be with my family. Um, after about a, a few months, I just kind of went off social media and isolated myself. You know what brought me back to the work? And I picked it back up and I started doing it online. Somebody reached out to kind of work with their kid. So I developed a really good coaching practice where I just, everything was off referrals. So somebody just messaged me. I got to my messages. I hadn't responded to any social media messages for like months. And somebody was like, hey, can you work with my young kid? And I was like, fuck yeah, I can. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do anything. I was burnt out, man. I was like, oh, fucking, what am I doing? This is so much work. I fucking was hospitalized, yeah. man. Like, but what revitalized me was just hearing that there was a young guy that I could connect with. And when I connected with him, 
I don't think he knows he inspired me to get back and to do the work. Yeah. So then I got back and I was started working with him. Then I moved everything online, started doing mental health groups online, but it started with him. Yeah. And because, uh, you know, not only is it, it's kind of like for them, if you look at it from their perspective, they're looking at you. And if you can give them that love and that attention, like you're a fucking celebrity to them. Like yeah. You're a superstar. They fucking respect you. They, they'll, they'll listen to anything you're saying, man. Yeah. Which is also the gift of the curse because they'll listen to a lot of other guys who are just full of shit. 100%. Right? And But then when they're that open to you and they listen, to, they hang on to every one of your words, um, I, I think it's there's nothing more beautiful uh, than that. It is probably like the greatest, some of the greatest moments in my life. Like no no offense to the ladies or, or the, I've worked with a lot of women. Actually, predominantly with, when I started my coaching practice from yoga, it was with women. So yeah. I work with all minds. I don't have a specialty. I'm not like, oh yeah, I specialize in working with men or women. I work with minds. But there's just something about uh, when I work with the younger guys because it reminds me of a younger me too yeah. that uh, there is a unique interaction there um, that is uh, when I'm doing it, it's deeply healing for me. It's just as fulfilling. Like as much as they love it, I love it because it's like, I always think, I think I was always trying to be that wise kid. I was always trying to kick game, even at a young age. And now I get to fucking do it. Yeah. And they're all ears. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Like just by talking to this person and how you're saying, you know, there's, it's a gift and a curse because you could be programmed one way. And now that even if you're trying to people please that kid, you're just going to tell them all that dumb shit. Because that's just how you're programmed. And, not, and it's not like a bad thing on that person. It's just, that's how they're programmed. That's just how they're wired. That's how they were brought brought up and then brought down. And that's just how they're going to present themselves and kind of pass it on to the future. Yeah. Well, and you, and I wouldn't even call that people pleasing. You wouldn't necessarily be people pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would just be pleasing yourself. Pleasing yourself. But pleasing if, yourself by uh, just uh, saying saying things that, that sound good to you. Yeah. Like uh, the conversations would have been with that kid when he approached like the group of us, everybody's drinking at this point, right? So it would have been a lot of conversations like related to shots, drinking, partying. And then if you got like a bunch of guys together, they're reminiscing about these yeah. different like stories that they're trying to tell each other. And those stories aren't stories sometimes that a more malleable mind needs to be listening to at that time. So yeah. I just kind of broke off from that group. Yeah. I was like, okay, here, like, okay, what is it that you do? Okay, you golf. Okay, you're trying to do this in school. Here's what can what you can do and how I've kind of done it and other ways to do it. Just kind of took the conversation a totally different way. Yeah. And it's how we've been talking about the programming. It just, I've been able to take in so many different things and kind of be prioritize them rather than just be like, hey, I'm just going to follow this one way. Yeah, uh, we kind of did with our music today and we left it at the gym. We did yeah. our breath work right after and brought ourselves back to where we needed to. Yeah. Where some people, they're taking that gangster music now from the gym into their life when they're going out, Dude. eating breakfast, like all Dude. in little things. Okay, the little homies, they take their pre-workout. They fucking, some of them, they dry mouth it. Like fucking yeah. mix that shit in water if you're yeah. going to take it, right? No, you're not impressing anybody. But you're fucking throw that shit back. They're fucking buzzing. They're fucking like bouncing like bunnies. Yeah. They get into the gym. They're jacked. They're listening to their fucking rap. They're, they're fucking amped up. They're, they're, ah, they don't, there's no cool down. And they just bounce out with the fucking, into the world with the gorilla energy. Yeah. Now they're fucking spreading the gorilla energy yeah. everywhere recklessly. Yeah. It's like, like, well, just like how you said, there's no like, there's no there's no process of going in there like first get off the pre-workouts yeah. secondly your body has access to energy that you're not aware of because you numbed yourself with all these stimulants yeah so 
there is energy there. You didn't need energy as a kid, didn't you? I just saw these kids back to school now before we went to the gym at Yale. You saw them all running around. This kid's yeah. booking it. I yeah. mean, they're not taking pre-workout yeah. because they already have so much energy, man. Yeah. You know? And so get off the pre-workout, go to the gym, but cool, have your cool down. Like you said, we did our breath work after to bring ourselves back to our baseline because our yeah. heart rate was elevated. We don't want to go out in, when you're in the gym, you're in a very sympathetic state. You're in a fight state. Yeah. You're trying to fight shit, right? Yeah. We're trying to fucking <laughs> tap it into our inner Hulk. But you want to come back, right? And to be Bruce Banner again. You don't want to be a Hulk all day. So that's even with them. But I, as I was talking about these uh, little homies and these young guys, it's like, um, it's, it is, I, I have nothing but hope for the future. So not just the conversations like this, there's, there's so many men out there. I think a lot of people, like how you talked about at the beginning of like wanting to promote more good news stories, uh, the misery will always rise to the top. Right? It does. People's minds. But people aren't really looking at, how much good there already is how many good men there are out there there's so many good men my fucking dad my stepdad are both geez man fucking honorable fucking loving nurturing selfless human beings yeah. without their energy and love i wouldn't be the person i am today and it's just like well no he's in my dad's shy as hell he's not fucking going on he doesn't know what social media is you'll never hear him you'll never hear him brag about what he did for others yeah. you'll never hear my stepdad brag about what he did for others they're just quiet humble guys who just do the work as as men and they just put in that work for their families and they have maybe the one hobby that they tend to that keeps them happy but they're selfless man. Yeah. That, and that's what brings them joy is to give all they, they can be to their family fucking are you kidding me that's just two examples right there but what about all the other dads out there yeah. what about all the other men out there what about all the other good influences that are out there and it's like yeah of course there's that negative side i wish you know this could have been different i wish that could have been different um over here you'll say with people when they have negative experiences with men um especially women when they have experiences with men with fathers with partners with family members with just men in general mm. you know it's like yeah but what about the good men that you are almost it's not a very balanced perspective yeah. to just think that there's no good men out there which is not true no. and it's not a balanced perspective to say there's no good women out there which is not true. It's just not a balanced perspective yeah. to always think uh, about the negative. Yeah. Really. You know what it comes down to it? And you can apply that to all topics, all viewpoints. You're always looking at the negative. But if you're always looking at the negative, guess what? You're going to contribute to a, a fucking reality for the rest of us that we don't want to be involved in. Yeah. We don't want to be involved in this fucking world where everybody's always constantly pointing out what's wrong. Yeah. Don't you want to be in this fucking world where it's just like, no, all right, shit's fucking, some shit's good, some shit's fucked up. Let's do, so let's do something about the fucked up shit. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now too. That's what we get to do. We get to be a part of that group where we're like, yeah, you know what? There's goodness and we're going to do our best to be as good as we possibly can uh, for ourselves, for our others, for our families, for our communities. Because it starts with us. That's why we pledge to our commitment to nurturing our mind, body, and spirit. That's why we will journal. That's why we will get out into nature. That's why we'll uh, go to the gym. That's why we'll work on our diet. That's why we'll work on the purpose. That's why we turn into, tune into that artist and feed and nurture all of the selves, all, all about all those different uh, components of our uh, uh, psychological self that we need to do so, so that we feel whole. Yeah. So then once we do, we can have an effect on a positive effect on our family. All right. And then once we have a positive effect and we see that that's working, our family and our close friends, then we can reach out to the community. And then when we reach out to the community, that's going to ripple out into all other communities and then eventually the world. 
but it starts with us, yeah. right? We can't go backwards. We can't just be here and be like, hey, fuck, change this, everybody. Yeah. Change this. This is wrong. This is what's happening. We're running around like chickens with our heads cut off. No, we got to get organized over here. We got to start to create some shit. Yeah. We got to create some opportunities, create some programs, create some services. Easy peasy. I've done it. You can too. It's like, I'm freaking, if you have heart, it's yeah. all it takes. Yeah. You know, people would say, what is it, what is it going to take for us to have that impact out here? First and foremost, it's going to start with heart. We don't need to over-intellectualize everything. No. We don't need to We don't need to um, think about it much longer, do we? We just need to have heart and the courage to try. No. And we do that with ourselves. Watch what happens, man. Yeah. Watch what happens to your surroundings and the, the positive impact it has on others. Uh, I will not stop until everybody around me, my friends, my family has felt that. Otherwise, I don't want to live in a community yeah. like that. If I can't do the best I can and do the most I can to have a positive impact, to bring some kind of a balance. I understand it's not going to be all fucking sunshine and lollipops and roses, but we can have some kind of a balance. And right now, it's just very, very too much down into the darkness, right? It's just too much, too much, too much noise pollution from so many people speaking about what's wrong, too many people joining different gangs of thought of pro this, anti this, so many emotionally charged individuals. And I get it. I've been an emotionally charged individual sometimes all my life. Emotionally charged is how I get shit done. Yeah. I, I pull like all this work, all this, this hardness from my emotions. Yeah. Uh, it's just, we can be a little bit smarter with how we use our emotions and channel that and, and what we can create from yeah. that energy, right? We don't have to build people down. We don't have to break down uh, somebody else to build ourselves up. We don't have to break down what's wrong and go to town and in-depth analysis, have debates, that fucking shit is, is, is pointless. It's a waste of time. Yeah. Let's just build. Let's just create. Yeah. Let's just collaborate with as many people, like-minded individuals as possible, not just for the men, not just for the women, but for people. Yeah. People with minds. Anybody who has a mind, that's who we're trying to reach. Yeah. And that's something I think we want to really promote is showing those that good stuff right so going back to the comment uh, what i kind of wanted to make on the you know the good news and the bad news how it's shown so much is trying to break that algorithm you know when we use social media the negative outweighs the positive right now so like most of my instagram videos all the stuff was like people getting their ass kicked somebody getting run over by something even it's even women just jiggling around like even in the what's and fucking tiktok is softcore port yeah so it's like always just the algorithms are on that negative side because it gets so much more attention and that's something i want to promote breaking that cycle is obviously it's always going to be there but trying to break those algorithms with you know building more content for us and showing it to other people that hey you guys can also build this that if we have so much good uh content compared to bad because bad is so easy to make you can literally just go and prank somebody in a bad way and there's content right there but if we can show that there's ways to break that cycle and you could do something good but still create content and we can finally start getting into people's algorithms of showing look it i got videos of you know, it might be a prank, but it's like a funny, good prank. Or like yeah. you, you're doing something with like your community, but maybe you're doing a prank or whatever how it is. But it's community focused. It's kind of well, focused to do something good. Well, that's why we continue to do this. Yeah. That's why we continue to do these podcasts. That's why we're going to do these talks. We're going to set up talks. We'll do our own underground TED Talks, okay? Yes. We're gonna, we'll, we'll do this. We'll get the message out there. We'll speak to people. I can't do this without you. 
this isn't a, a one person thing and uh, we're going to be opening up to different people to collaborate with. I uh, was psychologists, therapists, counselors, mental health coaches, people with lived experience in mental health, people that want to make a change, people that are making a change, anyone and everyone who shares this philosophy that we can all come together to be the bridge between um, the, the government and the gurus, the people who sell pharmaceuticals and herbal medicine to the spiritualists and the scientists. When it comes to mental health, we want to be the bridge for the people to be able to explore all possible ways to better their mental health without feeling like they're going a wrong way. We want to empower them to find their own path. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to collaborate with as many people as possible who share that same philosophy, who aren't extremists on one side or the other, because this isn't about, uh, you know, uh, a certain ideology winning in, in mental health saying like, you know, this, this, this practice is better than that practice. This practice doesn't have any merit or value. And this one doesn't have any more, any, any scientific reviews. This one has 20, this one has none. This one, so many people are claiming it works. These are claiming it doesn't work. It's like, yeah, yeah, simmer down everybody. We just have to give access to everybody, uh, uh, calmly, methodically, but empower them to take action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's good for this episode, man. That's good.